another love cast. Love cast. Love cast. Now we'd like you to come with us very quietly and we'll take you to a place where they'll make you feel better. The love cast, the love cast, the love cast. Love Cast with Dave O'Rama. Greetings to you, my earthling friends, and welcome to yet another exciting edition of the Love Cast. My name is Dave O'Rama, and I am your Love Cast producer, host, and musical selecta. The Love Cast is now in its 20th year, and I'm super proud of that achievement. Another big thing I'm proud of is that I've been involved with CIUTFM Toronto since the very day the station launched on the FM frequency, which was 35 years ago today. I swear, I can't believe it myself. I walked into CIUTFM at 11 a.m. on January 15th, 1987, exactly one hour before the station launched on the FM frequency, and I am thrilled to be here today, 35 years later, to celebrate this momentous occasion on air with you. This week, in celebration of that anniversary, I'm going to rock the very ground that you dance on. It's a Lovecast earth-shaking anniversary celebration, and I am thrilled to have Toronto blues rock duo Cattle joining me on the show this week to help me celebrate. So this week, you can look forward to some heavy Lovecast vibrations and my interview with Jamie and Sarah from Cattle. I'm here to rock your world and lay down a smoking anniversary party celebration. So strap yourselves in because I'm going to warm things up from the get-go with Slim Harpo and some warm bread straight out of the oven for all our dedicated supporters from the Lovecast. Like I knew you would Well, 
the Love Cast with Dave O'Rama. We give a low, low bass at any time and any place. You can take your bones till the break of dawn. We don't ask for your life, just for a bit of your time, so we can hook you up on this little song. Some rock and blues to get the party started here on this celebration of the 35th anniversary of CIUT's launch on the FM frequency. I've been involved with CIUT-FM since the day it went to air 35 years ago, so this is a very big deal to me. This show is dedicated to every single person who contributed to this amazing community media facility and helped keep it alive for all these years. In the set, I began with some rock and blues, both old and new. A brand new release there called Meet Us at Dawn from Austrian duo Deadbeats. Deadbeats have three releases out, and as I said, that is from their latest. All the releases are available on Bandcamp to stream and to purchase. From Deadbeats, I played the song Do You Dig It? Then we traveled north to a region steeped in blues traditions. That would be Denmark, right? Big Creek Slim is a seriously talented blues guitarist and singer dedicated to bringing you pre-World War II American country blues, and he does it very well and very authentically. He has two new releases out simultaneously, but I went back to his 2018 release, First Born, where we find him collaborating with U.S.-based Brazilian bass player Rodrigo Mantovani. Big Creek Slim and Rodrigo Mantovani and the song I Love My Baby. And I got the party started with some fresh bread appetizers by the legendary Slim Harpo from a 1995 compilation called Shake Your Hips and a song for all the bakers out there called I'm Your Bread Maker, Baby. This is the Lovecast, and I'm your Lovecast host, Dave O'Rama. 
and you have arrived just in time to celebrate the 35th anniversary of CIUTFM launching on the FM frequency. Many passionate people have worked hard and invested their amazing skills so that this radio station can still be with you today, serving our communities with beauty, education, enrichment, and as a promotional tool for so many important community organizations. This week, we're celebrating your community voice with a low-down, shit-kicking blue show in a Devorama style Coming up next, I have some special guests here on the Lovecast this week. I decided to start pursuing some COVID lockdown conversations because the pandemic has seriously affected the lives and livelihood of so many musicians that I felt it was important to touch base with some of them so that we all don't go mad from cabin fever. I'm here locked down at the Crazy Acre Cabin on the West Coast, and so I connected with Toronto band Cattle, who are sadly going through withdrawals from not being able to tour or play live for the past two years. Cattle have been around as a band for the past 15 years. But as I said on the show last week, they weren't on my radar until my friend Lydia posted a video of the duo performing a street concert last summer which was basically the band's only live gig since COVID hit. To date, Cattle has released five full-length studio albums, and you can purchase them from their website, cattlethebandcom spelled C-A-T-L. Cattle's music is a stripped-down, primitive country blues sound heavily influenced by music from the Mississippi Delta area of the United States. So get ready, because we're going to step into the Lovecast Lounge with cattle members Jamie and Sarah Kay. And I'm going to begin the interview with a rockin' track from cattle called Caroline, here on the Lovecast. <laughs>
I got the members of Cattle on the phone, and I'd like to welcome Jamie and Sarah to the Lovecast. Welcome to the Lovecast. Yeah, yeah, we're happy to be here. You guys, you know what? You've been around quite a long time, and you haven't <laughs> been on my radar, and maybe that's because I live on the West Coast, and I don't live in Toronto anymore, so you just got past me. But you play a kind of music that I really love, so as soon as I heard it, I was blown away. And the way I heard it was a friend of mine took a video of you on the streets of Toronto is probably one of the few times you've played live in the last couple of years and you were out playing live on the street and she took a video of it and I went, Oh, I got to meet these guys. These are the cattle is amazing. So <laughs> I, I just really love your primitive sound. And since you've been around for a while, maybe you could give me a little background on the evolution of the band. Uh, it's funny that you say that because I always thought that too. It's like when you start out, you're like the new up and coming band and everybody's hyped on you and you get articles written about you or whatever. And, I, and I'm, I'm not sure when that crossover happens, when you become the elder statesman, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, when did that happen? It's just like, now you, now these guys are old hat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, when, when what, what's the lineage of that? <laughs> But we love hearing that we're still fresh and new to some. So thank you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, the evolution of the band in in essence is Jamie the Man is is known as Cattle. That's his moniker that he records under, and he kind of he started this whole crazy train wreck. Basically, he connected with a fellow named Chris. Cattle was originally a duo, and I ended up joining the band in late 2008 to play keyboards, specifically a vintage keyboard. So we were a three-piece for a while. That fellow left the band in 2011. We snagged an excellent drummer and a fellow named Andrew Mazinski, who is also uh, a well-known Toronto drummer in some circles anyway from the Deadly Snake. Andrew started touring the U.S. with us in 2011, and he was with us for a good two years before he parted ways with us. And I took over drums in 2013, and since then, Jamie and I have been rocking out all over Canada, the U.S., and Europe as a, essentially a duo. And you certainly do rock out, like super primitive. Like that's some of my favorite kinds of music is like really primal. And so without me trying to describe what you do, what goes into your sound? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely well steeped in uh, like pre-war blues as an approach kind of thing. I always liked those guys, the fact that they could play bass and melody on the guitar at the same time or make the guitar sound like two or three guitars. I like guys like Mississippi, Fred McDowell and Charlie Patton and Sunhouse and those guys. And I was really getting into guitar playing like that. I used to be punk rocker playing in punk rock bands or what have you. But then I just got kind of swayed by that. And uh, yeah, I do dig the primitive sound too. It's gotten more primitive and more in line of what I originally wanted it to be once Sarah moved to drums. And we got rid of all the cymbals and we're just down to two drums and uh, just just the beat, just the two and the four and whatever my guitar is doing and then whatever we're saying or yelling or or harmonizing or whatever on top. And, you know, try to make as full of the sound as we can with what we got. And, yeah, that's where we're at now. What do you like about that stripped down sound? Because, I mean, it's reminiscent of, say, there's a band from the 80s that I really love called Deja Voodoo. Very similar, you know. um, The Cramps, you know, didn't have a bass for a long time. You know, you're using just drums, guitar, and voices. And you mix a lot of stuff in there. You've mixed some rockabilly in there. You've got blues. You mentioned the blues and definitely Delta blues. What else goes in there? Some surf rock, that kind of thing? 
you know, we're a rock and roll band for sure, but, you know, we, there's elements of punk rock in there as well. Yeah. In terms of just like, I mean, you know, we, we have what, what you would say, I guess, eclectic musical taste, like in terms of what we listen to. So, of course, you know, those other influences deep in there, too. I myself, again, definitely a, a lover of early rock and roll, kind of British invasion, soul music, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's not like we sit down and sort of say together, okay, what is cattle going to sound like? You know, are we going to take elements from this? Are we going to take elements from that? I think maybe Jamie's description of it at its essence, being more influenced by that Mississippi Hill Country Blues kind of sound, like we, we both fell in love with that. That simplicity, those driving, kind of droning, almost repetitive rhythms that, as you are have commented a couple times, are pretty primitive, like guttural in, in nature. And they just make you feel something, you know. They make you feel sorrow. They make you feel joy. They make you feel like you want to dance. You know, I think that that's what we want to do is create music that literally moves people. Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's identifiable to people in that, we all share those common elements like the two and the four, the heartbeat, the rock and roll, sex or whatever. It's like all things that come out in the music. But that's how we reach our audiences kind of thing because it's, it's, they're all relatable, primitive things. Everyone's got a heartbeat. So I think everybody can dance to a it. A lot of people have sex. <laughs> a, lot of people. a lot of them, not everyone. <laughs> and Jamie, you mentioned you, you, uh, punk rock background. And what I've noticed, uh, I come from a punk rock background as well. And what I've noticed is that a lot of punkers eventually, they kind of like circle back and start getting into country music and blues music. Have you found that throughout your career? Yeah, that's exactly what happened, actually. <laughs> you, you couldn't be more right. Like when I was young, of course, you know, you got your blinders on and, you, and you know, your influences are whatever right next to you. So... You know, I absorbed all all that all the punk rock goodness, but really, what had my head down about anything else? And then I tried to figure out where all that came from, and just started going back. And you're absolutely right. I mean, just recently we've been getting into a lot of country and gospel music. I'm playing a bit of that too. I mean, you know, a bit outside of, of cattle, but not really. You know what I mean? It's just like it's still us, <laughs> and still making it sound like us. But and that music all comes from the same place. It does all come from the same place. And gospel all come from the same seeds. So you know. Yeah, it, it, it is a history lesson for sure for us, which is what we like about it. And we do look back for to make our sound sound new. That's kind of our approach.
to the corner we go Yeah, song down and slow Let the end of the world And of course I lie, lie, lie And lose the Playing in cattle looks like a lot of fun. What do you guys love about it? Oh, what do we love about it? <laughs> well, I think, unfortunately, you know, a lot of the things that we, we love about it, like most bands, we've been kind of robbed of that joy because of COVID. Like, you know, Jamie and I love playing music together. And I think that we're very lucky in general to be a romantical couple and also play music together. You know, so at least in lockdowns and stuff, we were at home together and able to still play music in some form together for the most part, you know, rather than being separated from our bandmates. But the element that's really missing is the people, <laughs> you know, the, the other people and the interacting. Like we get so much out of the interaction with our audience and we really try as a band, especially again, because it's just us two and we've been playing together for such a long time. We generally don't do things like make set lists. You know, we just really try to read a room and, and anticipate what's going to work for the crowd. So we miss that that dynamic and that relationship and, you know, the chaos and the intensity that ensues from playing in front of live people. And you kind of never know what's going to happen. Is your gear going to mess up? Is someone going to, you know, pass out or jump up on stage? You know, it's just that element of unknown and, and you kind of get energy from that. Yeah, I think the, the experiences as a musician, your day-to-day -day experiences, I think, kind of make it for me. I mean, we've come across so many great people and great things. And, you know, we started going down to Memphis and Mississippi. We got to record at Sam Phillips' studio. We actually recorded the exact same way that the Cramps recorded their first record. And we tracked at Sam Phillips, and then we mixed it at our studios. So things like that. And just, like, you know, we met great people in, all over Cincinnati, Nashville. We got And, and it's it's... Yeah, it's what those people are doing and other artists, other musicians. It kind of inspires you because they're doing their thing. You know, it's not just Toronto and what's going on in Toronto. It's like, this is where we live. This is where we're from. And it's a great base and we love the city. But, it's, you know, once we get out there and, and you realize, oh, there's all this other things going on in the world or there's other people doing similar things to us is kind of inspiring. You know, it's like that's our world, I guess. You mentioned, you know, like you haven't played live for quite a long time. You haven't had that connection with the audiences. Is there an emotional response to that? Do you find that it's almost that it has an effect over your emotional being somewhat to be disconnected we're, from that? We're grouchier. <laughs> no, a thousand percent. It's like, uh, you know, not to be a, an absolute drama queen about it, but my fans will know that I am in my heart of hearts a drama queen. But uh, yeah, it's really been soul crushing. Like it's just you really feel like your identity has been has been kind of robbed from you. And I don't mean that in a self gratifying kind of way. I mean, of course, it's great to get positive feedback and have a great audience that's clapping. But it's the whole energy. It's everything about the interaction between two people, you know, or uh, you know, the two of us anyway, and an audience or a room full of people. You know? Yeah, yeah, we're definitely stopped right now. You yeah. Know? So it's like we're not painters or 
or you know other artistic outlets it's just like i'm interested in those things or film or whatever but I'm, I, it's not what i do so not having this outlet is kind of like yeah it's, it's it's certainly a challenge and the digital aspect of you know some of our industry has kind of moved over to online shows and streaming and certainly we did dabble in that a little bit over the lockdowns and stuff but again <laughs> <kind of suck. laughs> well it's just not our thing you know like again we so are are driven by that intensity that the audience and the live people give you know our our stage performance that you know, doing it via video, it doesn't really cut it for us. And and some people are artistic and great in those ways. And, and maybe other musicians can take that platform and make it something really amazing and creative and beautiful. But we are not those yeah. people. Nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing standing in the room and hearing all the sounds fill up the room. You yeah, know, that's that's what it's all about. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's definitely be, the audience is getting it and you're getting it. You're both getting a chemical high in your brain from serotonin, from the connection that you're getting. So it's kind of like having a lover and then breaking up. It, it's, it, it's, it would feel to me, even though I'm not in that position, that it would have some kind of depressive effect. I would say that that's pretty accurate. And too, it's like when you're doing those circuits and stuff and you get a route that you're doing through the U.S. all the time, you know, as we've been lucky enough to get a route kind of through Europe that we've been doing more frequently in the last few years, you come across people that you legitimately miss and, and, and long for, you know, those relationships that you've built over years, whether they're with friends and fans or, or like Jamie said, other musicians that you really connect with. But you really make fast, deep, meaningful relationships. And yeah, it's, it's, it's been a difficult time to be absent and away from all of those elements of what our life has been over the last 10 years. I could understand that because I deal with a lot of musicians and it looks like somewhat of a magical life. Like you tour around, you meet all these people who just love you because of what you're doing and you make all these new relationships and all these places you've gone and that must be hard to be away from, like you said. So when you go down to the States and you're playing music that's influenced by a lot of Southern styles of music, what's the response you get from people down there? Yeah, that's a good question. I find the music in North America is still quite regional. And you go to different parts of the States and they're experiencing different things and not just what you see on the internet or Facebook or whatever, but they all have their kind of local things going on. The music in the Midwest is different than the music in Mississippi or, or Tennessee or California or whatever. And I find that very interesting that these different little pockets are revolving and maybe some things will become mainstream and some things will just fizzle out or whatever and just remain local. But yeah, I, I definitely find that interesting. And we go down and we bring down music that's obviously influenced by music from down south in the southern states. And that's why we went and toured the states, because we wanted to show that we could play this music. And it certainly sharpened up our game. Let's put it that way. Because yeah. we found so many great musicians down there and so many people that you'd never heard of. Like even going to Mississippi, there's still old blues guys sitting around still playing, you know, there's still juke joints. That, that element of things that we're enamored with up here and all we, all we can do is read about it or listen about it. They're still doing it. They're still it. doing it, still experiencing it. And so bringing our music down there, I was flattered that they were so accepting of it. So it was, uh, yeah. it's always gone well. Kind of Definitely. And, and specifically when Jamie and I started this transition to me being on drums as a duo, we went for our first U.S. tour in that way in May of 2013. And we kind of put it to each other in that way. We were like, we're ripping off these people's music, essentially. Not ripping it off, but we're, you know, we're so deeply in love with this music. 
let's make sure that we're doing it right. And if this tour goes well and we're accepted in these kind of regions, it was sort of in a way like to prove ourselves to ourselves. And if it didn't go well, we were ready to throw in the towel. (laughs) But thankfully, it was a great tour, obviously. And we keep going back there. The people are great. The music's great. And it's just a magical place down there. Now, Sarah, you started off as the keyboard player for the band and you moved on to drums. Were you a percussionist to begin with or did you have to learn the drums? I had to learn the drums, but embarrassingly enough, as most little girls in their childhood, I I danced, but I danced pretty seriously. I essentially danced for like 20 years of my life. And my first love as a wee one was tap dancing. So I guess I've always been, you know, rhythmical and percussive in that way. And I did play piano also as a little girl, but never, never really in any serious capacity. It was definitely something that I picked up, you know, later in life again. Yeah, I mean, basically our drummer left in the middle of a recording in 2011, and I finished the drums on one of our songs. And that was sort of the birthplace of me switching to the drums. It was pure necessity. (laughs) 
and then we did again we played with Andrew for two years after that moment but when he decided to leave Jamie was like well why don't you just do what you did on that record and we took about four months off and figured it out and then threw ourselves on the road (laughs) was that a bit scary for you for sure. I mean, you know, there's a lot to, in our in our own small world, there was a lot to live up to. Cattle was already an established band of sorts, you know, in our, in our mid-level way. And, you know, certainly had diehard fans. And I felt like there was something to, you know, to live up to. You want to keep the fans that you've worked so hard to get. And, you know, not to make the conversation about this per se, but just being a, a woman who does play the drums. There are so many great male drummers out there that I'm friends with that are watching me. And I just felt a lot of responsibility to not just be another pretty face out there, but try to, you know, really do the best job that I possibly could. And honestly, it's been incredibly inspiring. And the reaction of other people and other females, but just people in general has been so encouraging and amazing. It's quite truly one of the best things that's ever happened to me in my life. You mentioned you've been down south where this music comes from. You've toured the States and Europe. Have you had any inspiring adventures or occurrences in any places in the United States that are musically iconic to you? You mentioned Sam Phillips, his studio. Too many too many to count, really, really, absolutely. But Jamie mentioned one the other day where we were looking at some photos of we were invited down to play a blues festival and the festival itself was in Clarksdale, Mississippi, but the sort of opening ceremonies, if you will, were at Junior Kimbrough's Juke Joint in Holly Springs, Mississippi. And it was actually Junior's Juke Joint too, because the first one had burned down in a fire. And yeah, just the whole thing, you know, to us, again, it's really hallowed ground. We have so much respect for those musicians. And as Jamie kind of alluded to before, like being in a room with a bunch of Kimbros and Burnside, you know, descendants of R.L. Burnside, descendants of Junior Kimbrough, really, truly blew our minds. And yeah, I don't know. You got another one that comes? Yeah, that, that one's, That's a that big one's one. pretty special for sure. I mean, in Memphis, we, we spent a bunch of time in Memphis and we recorded down there a few times and we always have a great time there wherever we're there it's always amazing and 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 magical and it just you know it seeps rock and roll wherever you go kind of thing and just being there i think it's such a time capsule in a way it is kind of feel like anything is possible and and quite literally it is like we were playing it at our favorite spot there called bar dkdc shout out to karen and crew but sam phillips son jerry phillips just walked into the show in our first set. We played two sets. He stayed for both sets. And he just kind of came to us and gave us a great big compliment after. Took us out for cheeseburgers after the show. (laughs) And he said something about like this. You got to come record on my daddy's Yeah, basically. Which is Sam Phillips. Which is Sam (laughs) Phillips. And, you know, basically, you know, the biggest compliment was that he stayed. You know, uh, Jerry Phillips has seen a lot of bands and he stayed for both cattle sets and we were just we were just bored. I mean, how cool is that? <laughs> super cool. That's super cool. And you mentioned that you are not only a, a duo, a musical duo, but you're a romantic couple. Like, um, I mean, romantic relationships are tough enough, right? So what are the, what are the positive aspects that come out of playing music together and what are the difficulties? Yeah, I mean, it, it works because there's just two of us. So, I mean, there's less cooks in the kitchen. And I think that makes things. And we have defined roles of what we do in the band. And Sarah's more of the manager, business person, I guess. 
and I don't know if the, the musical direction might be might be more a thing, even though you know she contributes heavily with her influence as, as well. But uh, I think that's what makes it work. Is just like when you're out on the road and stuff, you're always working, you're always doing something, whether it be driving or with our defined roles, we're always quite occupied, kind of thing. So or sleeping. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of works in a real kind of pragmatic sort of way. And then when it's showtime, it's showtime. So it's, uh, you know, it's like any other type of band relationship, I suppose. There's problems and snags and good days and bad days. So, At the end of the day, when shit gets weird, there's no one else I'd rather be with than him, you know? And, and I'm, I'm sure he would say the same. It's like you get, especially again, when you're traveling, which we're so grateful that we've had the opportunity to do that so much but you have to be careful no matter where you're traveling you just always have to have your wits about you and you know be thinking about your gear and your wallet and the money that you've made in your merch and there's just so much to think about and we trust each other so implicitly that you know we trust each other i think in a in a deeper way than a lot of other you know humans maybe get to trust their their bandmates and i'll tell you the the one time that my purse was stolen in germany with our car keys in said purse I was really glad that Jamie was the one there beside me helping to figure that absolute mess out. Yeah, you got to have each other's back. Even if you're mad at each other, you got to be there for each other. <laughs> it's, it sounds like it's made your bond even stronger. Well, we don't know otherwise. <laughs> so we don't know what the alternate reality, Jamie and Sarah, that, you know, didn't form a band and were just a regular couple. But yeah, probably.
And you mentioned COVID as well, how it's impacted on a lot of artists. There's always a positive side and a negative side. And I've talked to a lot of people about COVID, a lot of artists about COVID. We've talked about how it's affected you in some negative ways. Is there a silver lining to some of it? I would say no. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel personally, speaking for myself, I feel very imprisoned. And yeah, it's it's been a lot to deal with. And you worry about your family. There's, it opens up a whole other can of worry, you know, that that you don't normally have. I have a son, you know, worry about him. I have elderly parents and stuff. And, you know, obviously I don't want them to die from this. So it's been stifling. And for the artists here in Toronto, it's just been, you know, a uh, yeah, it's been a death sentence kind of thing, you know, for live music venues and other, like, I don't know how bands are surviving after two years of not playing. It's, it's crazy, you know. It's been very difficult. It's been very difficult. But just to be sort of ever the optimist, I guess, in a way, you know, again, the not playing the music part has been really, really brutal. But on a human level, I think that hopefully all of us, you know, have just kind of taken some time to figure out what's important to us, what aspects of, in our life we do want to pursue and how we can pursue them in a meaningful way in the best and most fulfilling way you know so i know that we're both really chomping at the bit and, and absolutely can't wait to get back at it but for sure it's going to be on our terms and in the way that we want to do it and in the way that brings us the most joy because two years of not doing it is really you know you don't want to say yes to that shitty gig just for the you know to say yes to it you want to go out and make it count I am speaking with Sarah Kay and Jamie from the band Cattle from Toronto. I want to thank you guys for being on the show with me. Thanks for coming on the Lovecast. It was an absolute pleasure, Dave. Thank you so much yeah. for having us both. Yeah, thanks for having us, Dave. Appreciate it. I love you guys. I'm glad I finally discovered you. <laughs> yeah, we're so happy to have met <laughs> Better late than never.
And there you have it. I'm your host, Dave Arama, and that was my conversation over the phone with Toronto blues rock duo Cattle. Jamie on guitar and vocals and Sarah Kay on drums and vocals, working together to create the rock and roll stampede called Cattle. C-A-T-L. Cattle have five full-length recordings available to purchase from their website, so if you liked what you heard, then please go to cattletheband.com and support the artist. The vast majority, much like the members of Cattle, who are not able to tour and play live because of the COVID protocols that have shut down the live music industry. So go buy their music at cattletheband.com. This week, I'm here with you to celebrate the 35th anniversary of CIUT launching on the FM frequency. I walked into the CIUT studios at 11 a.m. on January 15th, 1987, one hour before the station launched on the FM frequency 35 years ago today, and I have been involved with the station in some capacity or another since that time, mostly as a programmer and on-air host. I'm super honored and proud to be on the air with you here 35 years later to the day, bringing you the Lovecast and continuing to share my global sonic, schizophonic, broad spectrum love of music with my audience here on CIUTFM. We're having a rockin' party this week to celebrate, and now it's time to transition into the next rockin' dimension of the Lovecast with a track by JV's Boogaloo Squad and an instrumental called Slack Division. This one goes out to all the dedicated curators on Funky Fridays from the Lovecast.
you're jacked into the Lovecast with Dave Orama. The sound of your city. CIUT 89.5 FM. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Lovecast Blues Rock and 35th Anniversary Party for CIUTFM. It's the 35th anniversary of our original launch on the FM frequency, which occurred at noon on January 15th, 1987. My mind is blown that I am here with you right now, 35 years later, still producing programming for CIUTFM and sharing my broad spectrum love of music with you every weekend, still after all these many years. In fact, there are broadcasters at this station who have been producing cutting-edge programming here for over 30 years, and I think it's a major crime that these amazing people hardly ever receive the accolades they deserve. Programmers and community producers and promoters who have devoted much of their adult lives to produce and provide these edutainment services through their personal hard work and vast knowledge in their special area of expertise. I think someone needs to make a documentary about community radio broadcasters because they remain some of the most influential and yet unacknowledged people working in the media today. My name is Dave Orema and this week we celebrate with a rock and blues selection presented to you in broad spectrum Dave Orema sound. We're going to get this hour off to a swampy start before we launch into something a little heavier. Going back to the mid-80s, around the time CIUTFM first hit the airwaves, this is Montreal duo Deja Voodoo from the album Swamp of Love and Big Scary Daddy on the Lovecast. Big Scary Daddy coming to your job. Better tie all the buildings down. Big scared daddy is big and me. Care for you in my dream. This big guy is sight to see. Big scared daddy look just like me. Big scared daddy is six foot four. Sleep in the kitchen, my feet's at the door. Daddy is real good stuff. Once drunk, can't get enough. This big guy is sight to see. Big skirt that look just like me. Take it to the top of the Empire State This big guy 
This is Sanjay from Delhi to Dublin. You're listening to the Love Cast with Dave Rama.
some swampy vibes from a selection of swamp rock practitioners that was New York City trio Daddy Longlegs. They consist of a drummer, a guitarist, and a lead vocalist who also plays some smoking harmonica. Stripped down and heavy on the mud, we went back to their debut recording from 2012 called Evil Eye on You. Daddy Longlegs and the song You'll Be Mine. Then I played a couple of Canadian bands who both possess the same kind of primitive rock and blues sound that I've been focusing on this week here on the Lovecast. From Calgary, the Agnostic Mountain Gospel Choir, one of my favorite band names. The Agnostics recorded their first album in 2003 and have always been focused on pre-World War II blues music. You can find out more about them at saprecordings.com. Agnostic Mountain Gospel Choir and the song Never Be Dead. And at the top, I revisited a duo from back in the 80s called Deja Voodoo. Deja Voodoo from Montreal, and they kept their sound down to guitar, drums, and vocals, just like our guests on the show today, Toronto's Cattle. Going back to what I believe was their third album called Swamp of Love, Deja Voodoo, and the song Big Scary Daddy. We're rocking out here this week on the Lovecast, celebrating 35 years of CIUT on your FM frequency. A momentous occasion for sure. At least it is for me. My name is Dave Arama, and I would like to encourage you to join our CIUTFM programmers and listeners group on Facebook. It's a great place for listeners and CIUTFM programmers to share cool stuff and talk about what we do. As I said, this is the Lovecast. My name is Dave Arama, and I got the hits. I got the hits. I got the hits. Yeah, 
Yes. Hey, this is Steve Hill, and you're listening to The Love Cast with Dave O'Rama.
Dave O'Rama laying down some blistering garage rock for you in that set to help you work off some pent-up stress and celebrate the good things in life. California band The Muffs in the set with a song from the band's second album, Blonder on Blonder, called Won't Come Out to Play, which I selected from a new compilation album of various artists called Punk Blues and Modern Garage. The Muffs broke up after the death of lead singer and guitarist Kim Shattuck, who passed away in 2019 from ALS. We also heard a selection from a 2021 release called Bittersweet Demons from Australian rock band The Murlocs and a slice of psychedelic garage pop called Francesca. And we launched into that set with the great American rock and roller Mr. John Spencer. A solo album from him released in 2018 called John Spencer Plays the Hits and the song I Got the Hits. It's the 35th anniversary of the launch of CIUTFM on the FM frequency, so I'm celebrating with a big bad rock and roll selection, Lovecast style. I want to thank each and every person who has supported this station over the years. The programmers, the staff, the volunteers, and people like you who tune in and make donations during our annual fund drives. Many thanks to everyone who helped us surpass our $100,000 goal during our recent fall fund drive 2021. Here we are in 2022 and many people have the blues. So when you're suffering with the blues, the best thing you can do is turn it into a party. So let's get back to that party and get our dance on. For all the travelers out there, this is bluesman Jimmy Duck Holmes and the song Train Train. For all the boxcar riders in the house. Train, train. Going down the railroad track. Train, train. Going on down the railroad track. One and I want to know Is it gonna bring my baby back? Tell me one train ran at midnight. Yeah, they tell me one train ran at midnight. One train ran just before day. Train carried 
Baby 
89.5 FM. The late, great Ray Kondo. Kondo was an early Canadian punk rocker who originally began recording with a band called Secret V's, a group that recorded two 12-inch EPs back in 1980 and 1981. 
A while later, in Montreal, a number of musicians formed a hillbilly punk band around Ray Kondo called Ray Kondo and his Hard Rock Goners. In addition to Ray, the band featured the Sandmark brothers, Eric and Peter, on guitar and drums. Both are still active on the Canadian music scene. Peter lives in Victoria, B.C., and he currently records and performs under the moniker Slim Sandy. And Peter's brother Eric still plays guitar with several Montreal bands. Violinist Edgar Bridwell, bassist Clive Jackson, and collaborator Chris Dean all moved with Ray to Vancouver in the early 90s, and later the band morphed into Ray Kondo and the Ricochets, incorporating a number of talented musicians from the Vancouver rockabilly scene. Kondo died at the age of 53 in 2004. He is still highly regarded in Canadian music history. My favorite incarnation of his band was the heavy-hitting Hard Rock Goners, only because it had that extra edge that I really loved. With big respect to my friends in the Ricochets, who are some of the most talented musicians working in the Vancouver circuit today, some of them continuing with the country swing theme as the backing band The Vipers for singer Petunia. Ray Kondo and his Hard Rock Goners and the song Whose Baby Are You Baby? We also heard from American Roots Rockers, Tarbox Ramblers, going back to the 2004 full-length recording, A Fix Back East. Something for those who like the heat, and the song The Shining Sun. Also, I began the set with a traveling song from Mississippi blues guitarist Jimmy Duck Holmes. Holmes is 74 years young, and we heard from an album called Cypress Grove, which was produced by Dan Auerbach from the Black Keys. Let's keep on rocking with some heavy grooves from California duo Deep Valley and the song Billions here on the Lovecast.
up Yes, yes, we come to bless for sure One big foot at your front door Knock, knock, who's there? Those party boys who don't care Hey, yo Sometimes we slow it down oh, yeah. Just so we can make it faster huh. Sometimes we save your day It could've been a real disaster Sometimes we promise big yeah. And we deliver greatness yes. It's time to really live Now show me how you shake this
big Xanax? No! Some heavy Lovecast soul vibes in there on a heavy rockin' version of the Lovecast this week, celebrating 35 years of CIUT on the FM frequency. Dave-O-Rama dropping some gems on your ears to bring you some joy and put a tiger in your tank. Grammy winners Fantastic Negrito and a track from their 2020 Grammy-winning blues album, Have You Lost Your Mind Yet? Something to help you lose your mind. A great track from them called Platypus Dipster. Whatever the hell that is. I think it might be a new variant. The new release from British production duo The Allergies. A group that is simply awesome. The album is called Promised Land and it was released back in October. Dynamite MC rapping on the track Lean On You by The Allergies. And I also featured a heavy track at the top from American rock duo Deep Valley. Two women, drums and guitar and vocals, the same setup as the White Stripes, and a big bad track called Billions from their latest release, which is called Marriage. We're rocking out here on the Lovecast. I'm Dave Orama, and I hope you like what you hear. This week, it's all heavy and steeped in the blues. Here's another American duo. This time it's drums and organ and vocals. This is Black Diamond Heavy's Live and Leave It in the Road on the sound of your shaken planet. We got a couple more for you here.
love cast with Dave Rama. Right? I'm going upstairs and I'll pack up all my clothes. <laughs> Go upstairs, going upstairs, packing up my best of my clothes. Coming downstairs, boogie till it's time to close the door. Cause I feel like boogie. Get down, man, that boogie. Feels like them and me Quiet, don't disturb the peace Always feels like 
Counterfeited Solstice Volume 1 is the new release from American bass player Fabrizio Grossi and his band Soul Garage Experience. Some uplifting soul music from the band called Them and Me. We also heard from blues great Bobby Rush. Rush is a prolific 88-year-old blues musician who just won the Grammy for Best Traditional Blues Album for his recording Rawer Than Raw. Still cooking at almost 90 years of age, Rush is originally from Louisiana, and I went back to his 2004 recording, Folk Funk. Bobby Rush and the song Feeling Good, Part 2. And I fired up that last set of the evening with Nashville duo Black Diamond Heavies. Black Diamond Heavies are Reverend James Legg on keyboards and vocals, and Van Campbell on drums. From the album Alive as Fuck, the Black Diamond Heavies and Leave It in the Road. As I imagine, it's too decomposed to eat at this point, but that's just a guess. And there you have it. The Lovecast has concluded and you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Big love and enough respect to all the amazing human beings who have played a role in getting CIUTFM this far into the future with 35 years on your FM frequency. A massive achievement that I am thrilled to have been a part of. Keep tuned in for anniversary celebrations coming at you all year long. Big thanks to my guests on the show this week, Jamie and Sarah Kay from Toronto band Cattle. It was really great having them on the show. Please go to cattletheband.com and buy their music. Shout outs to everyone listening in on our syndicates, bluesandrootsradio.com, ubuntu.fm, and cjmpfm, Powtown, BC. This is Dave O'Rama sending out love and truckloads of gratitude to you for tuning in and supporting the sound of your city. I'm going out with the Bottle Rockets to lay one more big dose of love on you to hold you over until we meet up here again next week. Job. No time to work, gonna spend 20
loving you Loving you 